Amen. Morning. Yes. Are you all doing well? Tell the person next to you, you look better than I do. <laughs> and Len says it's not true. <laughs> we are all made in the image and likeness of God. We are all wonderfully and marvelously made. Beautiful in His eyes. Amen. Yes. Well, we are busy with this message called Breaking Free from the Spirit of Poverty. Right? Um, and, and this message brings also joy, but also challenges us. And um, we're looking to, I'm looking to make this training so that we can engage on a practical level. So in house church... Um, in house church, we will try to we'll try to send through a few questions, things that you can look at, so that when we get together in house church, that that we can engage one another, and we can really um, do an audit upon ourselves, a self check, um, so that we can know what we need to deal with within ourselves so that we can break free, right? And, um, and so it requires a meditation. <clears throat> uh, Dr. Segi says, uh, repetition is the mother of all learning. Repetition, repetition. Okay? And I want to give you a word of advice that one of the first things you need to do with this message is not is not to apply it, right? Is first to meditate, listen, um, allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you, right? Let the Word start speaking to you. And from that place of sensing the Lord speak to you, it is from there that you move by faith in the speakings of God, right? That can happen on the first session, or this session can happen the rest of the week while you are listening, okay? And I, as I said to you, this message uh, came to me while I was listening to my spiritual father uh, on biblical economics, and I was just seeking to know, the, you know, what the Lord is saying. And as He was speaking, and as I'm listening, I'm listening. I'm waiting for the Holy Spirit to speak through Him. And he came to a place and then all of a sudden uh, the Lord started to speak. And I got, as we would say today, download. I don't know what they said in the days of Acts. If they heard download, they would have said, what prache? Right? Um, but they would say, they would probably say, and the word of the Lord came unto me. Amen. So wait for the voice in the voice. Right? And so you must place a demand upon the Holy Spirit to open to you, right? Remember on our message, cutting our way forward. It is not information that moves you forward. It is the revelation from the information that you get that allows you to move forward, right? And causes you to start walking in the Spirit. So tell the person next to you, labor in your faith. 
Okay. And so to labor in your faith, it means the first thing you are doing is you are listening, you are listening, you are desiring to hear God speak to you so that from that place of hearing, you have developed faith to make changes. Okay, and to apply. So that your walk is by faith and not by law. Okay, amen? Are you all with me? So, last week I spoke to you about the... I spoke to you about that poverty comes from... Can also come from a spirit. Also, it's... I listed 13, right? 13 different types of poverty. Um... Some of them I, I got from my research and the others I mentioned from the, the understanding that the Lord gave to me so that we could, so that we could um, understand uh, this message. Now, now, as you listen and as you listen to this idea that, that poverty comes from, can come from a spirit and and in this case, last week I spoke to you about that a principality works by principles. Okay? Principles. So the same word for principality in Ephesians chapter 6, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. That same Greek word is used in Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1 where he says, Therefore leaving the first principles of the doctrines of Christ. The first principles. That word principles is the same Greek word for principality. So principalities, they operate by using principles, information. Right? The Bible says the God of this world has blinded the minds. So the way that the devil works um, is not only by possessing people, but by influencing their mind and the way that they think. Okay? And I spoke to you and I told you that the first always provides substance for the rest. Okay? And without the first, the rest can never exist. Okay? If you are parents, you are before your children. Your children could not exist without you. Right? You provided what they needed to be in to come into existence. That's why all things were made by Christ because before anything was made, Christ was there. And He provided the substance for everything that was made. Everything was made by Him, through Him, and for Him. And there was nothing that was made that was made was made by Him, without Him. Okay? So it provides substance. And so I spoke a lot about that. And today I want to move to, on to this, which I call the mental poverty. Right? The mental poverty. This is one of the, the, the types of poverty that I mentioned. It's, it's one that I came up with, mental poverty. And so mental poverty is, is a way of thinking that has been built into you. Right, so that, so that you are controlled by that thought patterns. And that is actually your stronghold. Okay? Right? Your stronghold is in your mind. I mentioned it uh, last week, but I know that many times we have to mention things over and over until the penny drops. Right? Until the light goes on. Okay? Are you all with me? 
Tell the person next to you, the stronghold is in your mind. It's in the mind. It's in the mind. It's there where you are held captive. Okay? You are held captive there. And so poverty is installed into your mind and affects your emotions. It also affects your emotions, how you could possibly feel about yourself and about situations. Your behavior is controlled by patterns of thinking. Okay? A way of thinking that has developed over the years and that produces your behavior. It, it, it's kind of then later on becomes how you filter things through life. Okay? And this is where you, you, you look at things and then you say, uh, yeah, life is unfair. Why? Because you, f- you have a filter. You already have a way of thinking that allows you to come to conclusions and reasons. And, and so you make your conclusion based upon the way that you have been trained to think over the years. Right? And so if you grew up in, uh, if you grew up in life in a family where there was not enough, right? Uh, and there was a talk, and there was a speech, and there was a behavior, then you have developed that same thinking. Unless you have, unless you have decided that you would not think that way. And this is where we can take control of our minds, but most of the time, we do not take control of our minds. We just allow whatever flows through the week to, to what's the word, just come into our mind and we kind of just sometimes go with it. And basically when you are in the word the whole time, you are trained to think differently. You are trained to, to recognize that something that has just been said to you is actually not biblical. It is not right and therefore you are put in a position where your mind has the, makes the decision, I will reject that. But once, but if you have not come to that place, what you have be learned over the years, it just automatically becomes the way that you filter information and life. So when you have this mental poverty, right, when you have this mental poverty, it is, it, it, for example, if you, if you, if you are in a ghetto and you grew up there, what would happen to you later on as this becomes your way of thinking? This is when the ghetto gets into you. Now you become what I would say the ghetto boy. Right? Because you are what your environment has produced in you. Right? And so that, it is that thing that we want to dismantle, break down. Okay? Now, I use the word uh, ghetto and so on, but for all of us, it's different. When I grew up, my parents were the owners of two Kentuckys. I think some of you know that. The, the one in Vintuk and the one in Swakop. So, if I used to play tennis, then I come down to Swakop. Then my parents just phoned me and say, no, go to Kentucky and go fetch yourself some food. Then I would go there, rock up with my friends and say, no, it's here, I'm Costa Comal. 
and they put it in the box and the chicken and the hamburgers and whatever i want and me and my friends dahanos we are ready for tennis tomorrow you know so and then my parents started getting into arguments through drinking and so on and jealousy and things like that because my mom opened up uh, another franchise called Captain Dorego and at that stage it was when Vernial opened there was the the, the one in in Vernial there at the bottom Captain Dorego and then there was another one down in Comasdal as you enter down across I think it's is it David Besaid no the schooly there where the garage is and that was a 24 hour one and that one made more money than the one in Vernial but together they made more money than Kentucky at that time and uh, and so we know what it is to go or to sun city on holidays and christmas comes and big remote control cars whatever you want just tell your parents as opilais daso christmas state kanivaghi dastet right then we lost everything and then we started selling our clothes to put food on the table right we would go to neighbors and ask them for food because we didn't have food to eat all right and when i gave my heart to the lord when i gave my heart to the lord we were still in that situation so i played tennis if i wanted to go somewhere i didn't have money to go we didn't have money to go and i've shared this many times with you my schooner was stuck and i sell it taped it together to go to school because there was no money to buy new shoes school shoes and my ear this is where i learned how to so my own clothes and fix them and so on because you would take the other white shirt because i had no it broke somewhere and so you cut it out and patch it onto this one it's a different color white but you go anyway to school like it just so that you could have clothes um and so on so coming and giving my heart to the lord is when i started learning how that the lord can take care of you and provide for you and i remember my first going on my first tour after i gave my heart to the lord and you pay in us dollars we were going to the united states um, hilton head island and then we went to new york city and we go there from there to to turkey and so on and i needed at least 10000 us dollars and now money that's a lot and anyway long story short i asked the lord i said i don't have that money and i asked the lord am i going and then he said you are going and so oh i got the form and i asked eventually i only got half the money and that's when i asked the lord am i going and he said you are going and later on i just rocked up i said this is all i have and they said don't worry we'll look for the rest just go and the rest of the money we got and the guy that the my my team the other players on the team they the one said he his bag is empty he's got so much pocket money he's going to the state he's coming back with a bag full and they talking about we going to this place and that place and we going ever and all i got was money for my food and i'm on the plane and i say lord these guys are going to go everywhere all i got money for is food and the, and on the plane the lord said to me take your wallet put your hand on it bless it 
And, uh, and, I, and it, the reason I did that is that when the, when the boy with the five loaves fed the 5,000, Jesus took the bread and blessed it. So I said, Lord, okay. On that plane, middle of the night, up in the air, having this conversation with God. And I took my wallet, I blessed it. And when we got there, I used only 50 US dollars for at least two and a half weeks to, to, for eating, for whatever, what, what happened when we got there. They said, no, let's pull together, let's buy. And, and it ended up that I only used at least 50 US dollars and we had 20 US, US dollars allocated for every day. And I just used 50. And so for the next two and a half weeks, that $20 became my pocket money. And so I went and bought Nike shoes. We went out, I bought two pairs of Nike shoes. I bought tracksuits. I bought Levi jeans. I bought uh, leather jackets. I also left some clothes behind. <laughs> because there was not enough space in the bag. So I was like, oh, it's Right? And, um, and I learned that there was a different way that I had to think. Right? To engage and to work with God. Right? So, and, and, and so, what I want to say to you is that the challenge that we have is it's in our minds. And adopting a new way of thinking. Right? So, coming from a place where you, you're selling clothes to put food on the table, you're asking your neighbors for food, you're patching your own clothes, and so on, to a place now, when I'm in Christ, now I'm experiencing provision. Right? And so, you've got to understand, you've got to get the ghetto boy out of you. Are you with me? You've got to get a way of thinking out of you and and so and when we have that way of thinking when you have been trained by how you grew up or where you come from when you've been trained to think in a certain way it starts to it becomes your 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 attitude your mentality your behavior your speech right and this is what we, and this is what I call, it's like a spirit. It's not a demon that's in you, right? It's a, the, the word for ethos, which is the Greek word for ethics. If you look up the Greek word ethos, it means, let me see, I got it here somewhere. The characteristic spirit, the characteristic spirit of a culture or community revealed in its attitudes and behaviors. So ethos, uh, and, that, and this is why I say that ethics is more than laws. It's the real ethos, the spirit by which that drives you to do something. And, and so when we talk about the spirit of poverty, I'm not necessarily saying that you are demon-possessed. And this is where I get so irritated with people who are in deliverance because any problem you have, come let's deliver you. Right? And if you have a marriage problem, come let's deliver you. Let's pray for you. If you have a financial problem, come let's pray for you. 
let's deliver you. There's a demon at work. Any problem you have, it's just, it's a demon, 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 demon. Right? And it's all about you being possessed because we look for quick fixes, shortcuts, takeaways. Right? We want it now. And, and, and this generation doesn't appreciate the process. This generation doesn't appreciate patience, endurance, going through something to come into something. We want things to be sorted out quickly and fast, right? So, if you have poverty that has been built into you, your way of thinking, your way of talking, your way of behavior, right? Even if we remove you from the ghetto, you'll still behave like one. Right? Even if we remove you from your family and you get this opportunity to go somewhere else and, and you now get it, you could most likely reproduce the very same culture you grew up in. Unless you are a person of education, desiring to learn. If you are not such a person, because most of the times is, we can give you a better job, but the better job won't help you. Because you will live, you'll be out of that situation, but that which you learned there is still here. Are you all with me? It's still here. And so you still need a renovation of your mind. A renovation of the way that you think. Right? And, and it, is, it is these things that sometimes prevent us from breaking through. So let's get to Exodus 32 verses 7 to 8. Let me give you a scripture. This is an example of how you can come out of something physically, but still find that what you left is still in you. Okay? And the Lord said to Moses, Go, get down, for your people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them, they have made themselves molded calf or a boom in a sense and worshipped it and sacrificed to it and said, This is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. Where did they get that idea to make a boom, a golden calf? In Egypt. Because while they were out of Egypt, Egypt is in them. And so you can be out of a situation. This is why even if you come by some way of opportunity, you get a better job. And they, in, in some way, physically, there is not that same physical culture appearance. But inside, there's still a residue, a little bit of that past, of that way of thinking that still shows itself whenever you are brought to a place where, there, where you have, your budget is fully full. You can't, you know, you know you earn 10,000 rand and you've got a flat of 7,000 and you've 
putting your kids to school and so on, and the budget is full, there's no space, then that manifests. Then we start doing the talk. There's not enough. Where are we going to get it? Um, then we zula. Then we survive. Then we go into that mode because, because of that situation that we find ourselves in. Are you all with me? Are you all understanding what I'm saying? You need to get Egypt out of you. And so even if the Lord commands you into a certain way, if, there's, if Egypt is still, you will not obey the word because you still have this way of thinking that contradicts what God has commanded. Are you all, are you all understanding with me? Right? So, so for example, a, a simple example is, is that one of the things that I had to learn over the years, we, when we used to sell our clothes and ask our neighbors to give us food so that we could have food on the table to eat, right? Then, um, so you have this tendency to build anxiety for tomorrow, right? What are we going to eat tomorrow? Where are we going to get it tomorrow? Right, and so even though you're earning ten thousand, but there's no more money left over because all the fixed expenses are just taking up all the all, all the money. Right, you are now thinking again: How are we going to deal with tomorrow? Where are we are going to get it? How are we going to survive? And and I grew up like that. But then when I came to Christ, I had to learn what Jesus said: Do not worry for tomorrow, for tomorrow takes care. Of itself. And, and I can preach that one because I love that one. Right? So, for me, I can preach it. If, if I use that verse, it's not just a verse that, that I quote. It's something that I loved. I, I was driving the, the one day in, in the car. And we had just finished Bible school back in the days when I taught Bible school in Tanimimi's house. And um, I came there the morning and someone gave me an envelope and said they wanted to bless me. And I said, thank you, Jesus. I was waiting for the, for the, next, the next money that was on the way. Because I was taught by the Lord to live day by day. Right? Um, uh, that was my training from Him. So... So when money was finished, I put it, so then someone would come along and they would give it to me. And then I said, thank you, Lord, I, I was, we really needed that. And, um, and, then, and then when Bible school is finished, I'm giving someone a lift home. And they don't have money to buy anything. And while I'm driving, we're having this conversation. And then... We come to the, to the house and they're about ready to get out and the Lord said, give her the envelope. And then, and then the verse comes, do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. So then I say, okay, before I could even think, and for back then for me, that envelope, it was like a duck. So <laughs> I, knew it was a, I knew it was a substantial amount of money, so, so I gave it to the person. I said, go buy whatever you need. Just take the money. Don't tell me how much there is. I don't want to know. 
<laughs> Otherwise, I think, oh Lord, what did I do? <laughs> it's the best thing. Don't never ask yourself how much was in the envelope. Right? So I'm going about this, and uh, and then and then we lasted without that for another two days, and then someone came along and gave us money. You see, I had to learn not to worry, where I was trained to worry. Right? Say that? Unlearn. Okay? What did I say? Oh, okay. She's, she's just giving me another word. No problem, Len. Don't worry. Unlearn, right? Trained, right? To think differently. And and this is where, this is how you break out. Do you understand? You break out because you, you are taught to live a different way. And unless you relearn, unlearn, train yourself to think differently, your, your behavior will keep you in the same situation over and over and over and over again. And you will find five years from now, you're still in the same situation, wondering why isn't it moving forward? Because you have to be trained. Right? You have to unlearn. Okay. So, get poverty out of you. And that is not a deliverance session. That is, I want to hear your word, Lord. Talk to me. You see, but there are some scriptures that we run away from because we have the fear of application. Right? Are you all with me? Okay. So, let's read Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17 to 18. So today, I just want to explain how this mental thing works. So that... So that you are open. As we move on, we'll get into things where we establish your faith. Where I'll, I'll tell you that, I'll explain to you how that poverty is not God's will. I will show you that from the scriptures that how people who had a relationship with God increased. Right? And how that God does not have a problem with increase. Okay, because why is that important? Because these are questions that run in our minds. Hidden thoughts that we have uh, that, that sometimes confront us. Okay? Um, is God okay with me having more? I know I want more. You know, these type of things, they go, I don't know if that happens with you, but that has happened to me. Okay, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 17. He says, this I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. Okay? Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. So the word I want to focus on, verse, go back to verse 18 please. Understanding is darkened. The understanding is darkened. This, this word for understanding, it refers to deep thought. 
It's a deep thought. This is not your conscious mind. This is subconscious. This is the part in you that you don't know about unless the word comes and shows it to you. Right? And the understanding, it's deep thought. What you deeply think about yourself. What you deeply feel and believe about yourself. Deep thought. Right? And and it is it also has to do with the feelings that are that go with those thoughts feelings follow thoughts so the bible says in romans chapter 8 be uh, they that walk in the spirit they mind the things of the spirit and they who walk in the spirit or mind the things of the spirit shall have life and peace okay life and peace so Life and peace follows a mindset, a way of thinking. Then it says, but they who are carnally minded shall have death. Right? And that is not physically die, but death is, is kind of a word that is used to experience if you have sorrow, grief, anxiety, heart, you know, anxiety attacks and those things. It's because of the mind. That is dominated, right? And this is why Jesus would say, cast your cares upon me, for I care for you. Uh, you know, release. Stop thinking about it. Just release it to me. Let me go and think about it for you, right? And let me worry about your needs. Are you all with me? So, this word understanding, but it has, that, it has to do what I think deeply. What has been built deep down inside of me. Um, and in this case, it's related to poverty. And uh, it is darkened. The word darkened means that it has information inside of it that is not truth. Because the word darkened, uh, remember I said to you in Genesis chapter 1 where it says, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. The word Darkness there does not refer to sin because this is only in day one. And Adam was not created, so Adam didn't have a chance to sin. He was not there to sin. Darkness is there, not sin. Darkness was and is still today, it is the ignorance of truth. It's information you have that is not truth. But it's information. It can be highly intellectual information, but it is not truth. Right? Okay? It can be any type of information, but it does not bring you to truth. And so when it is darkened, it is then, it then becomes a blindness. Remember the Bible says... I pray that God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation that the eyes of your understanding, same Greek word, same understanding, that the eyes of the understanding may be enlightened. So what does that mean? I see. So my understanding is sight. It's eyes. It's not physical eyes. But it is an internal eye. Depending upon the way your understanding has been trained to think will determine how you see with these eyes. 
Right? I, in the past, I used this example. If we had two people here, two people here, and we stood outside, and someone came here driving with a convertible open and a Mercedes-Benz that we have not seen here, and it's top of the class. It's the newest range. It costs almost $2 million Namibian dollars. And he drives, and you see the guy driving, and you see the car, and then there's a woman in the car driving with him, long hair and whatever. And the one guy will say, Ejirai, cherry check. The other guy say, Did you see the car, my friend? Lost the cherry. The guy say, No, man, forget the car. Take the chick. What's the problem? Both guys are looking at the same thing. But the one's mind is not trained to look at women. The other one's mind is, is fixated with cars. All he sees is cars. What girl? What? I can hear a girl. I can a chick. My friend. And the other one will say, Ma. And the other one will say, But didn't you see the car? Didn't you see those mags, man? Yeah. The color. The, the, the interiors. I just looked at her and said, Wow. Jesus, give me that car. The other one saying, I wish I had that woman. What is that? That is understanding that is trained in a certain way. Now, when it comes to poverty, you look at, you will look at something and you will never see an opportunity. Because you are blinded in your mind, trained to think in a certain way. We live in Wolfish Bay, the oasis of opportunities, but we don't see opportunities. But foreigners come and see what an oasis. The opportunities are falling so. While we live not having enough. Do you understand that your understanding you must deal with the way you think. And poverty has trained you to think in a certain way. You don't think starting something. You don't think perhaps opportunities. You're looking for ways. Out. You just see, Eksuk kos in my sak. kos I want food on the table now. Right? You are not concerned about where the future is going to be. And you're not looking into the future. The only concern you have about the future is you worry if there's going to be enough. Are you all with me? You understand? So this is why, this is why your understanding needs to be dealt with. Don't, don't look for a deliverance service. I've, I've been to many, many of them. Right? That, now, I'm not saying that sometimes it's, a, it's not a demon. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm telling you that predominantly it's not that. There will be many times people with the same problem pray, fall over, fall over, get up, same problem, there you go, it's the same problem. Two, three months down the road, you're still sitting with the same problem, but you had pray, you've manifested there. I get irritated with those things. Right? 
And then I was talking with someone and said, no, we had marriage problems, what, what, no. We went to this one guy, he prayed for us, you know, we need to deliverance. But I know the people and I said, no, you don't. You need the way you think to change. The other day I said to somebody, listen, as a husband, you are not the, the king, priest, and prophet. Because that's unbiblical. You are the husband, the head. That's who you are. Because your wife is also a priest. Your wife is also a king. And in the context of first, was it Second Corinthians chapter, chapter 11, when it talks about prophesying, it talks more about the wife prophesying with the head uncovered than it talks about the husband prophesying, in a sense. So the so wife is also prophesying. Do you understand? So, the way we think, the understanding, the deep thought. Ask the person next to you, what do you think deeply about yourself? The way you are trained to think. Let's go to Acts chapter 16, verse 25 and, and 26. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. Now we know it was a physical prison, but we know that we are imprisoned in things that we cannot see. And there is a foundation to that prison. And the word foundation, when the Bible says that apostles and prophets lay foundation, it's not talking about a physical thing. It's talking about doctrines, fundamental teachings that the church needs concerning Christ that needs to be taught to them so that the foundation is laid, right? Firstly, it's accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But then there are teachings concerning Him that you need that act, that act as foundations, the word foundation means substructure. Foundations are things that you cannot see. Right? Foundations are things that are hidden. It is the deepest thought inside of you when it comes to poverty. Right? When it comes to that area, when it comes to finances, when it comes to a life of increase and so on. It is the, the deepest thought that has been implanted into you down there that acts as a substructure that causes the barriers, the prisons, the barriers. That's why have you ever felt, I just can't seem to break from a certain barrier. It's like I'm stuck, but I can't see anything that is stuck, uh, that causes me to be stuck, but there's a barrier. I just can't seem to go forward. Sometimes in church for pastors, if a pastor is listening, you know, sometimes for, you can't seem to break a certain barrier in number of people. You know, I have experienced it in the past. You just can't seem to get a certain number. And you like, just go around this thing. There's a, because there is a certain way of thinking that you must develop so that you can break out of that barrier because it's just it's just the way that you are operating. That's many times how it is. Sometimes in business, you just can't seem to break 
out into something different. There is a thinking that, that is creating a barrier that prevents you from stepping out. Sometimes your personal life, in your personal life, as you are sitting, as you are experiencing your personal life, you will over and over experiencing the same thing. You know, you're like, doesn't matter how you try, my, my finances just don't change. You know, but it is a way of thinking that is reproducing the same problem over and over and over and over. And the foundations of the barriers must be shaken, moved, dealt with. Thoughts that you have, they must be dealt with. So my, my goal in this, in this session is to show you you know, the impact that your thinking has upon your life. Because it's the one area that many times we have no interest in developing. And I told you that when you battle with poverty or when you're struggling, remember there are different types of poverty. We have extreme serious poverty. Then we have relative poverty. That is poverty that is relative based upon uh, relative poverty is what they say. You know, the annual income for every person or annual means your yearly income is, uh, they work out the average, for example, say in Namibia. And I took a previous example and I said the average was 72,000 income in Namibians, the average income per year. And then you divide that by the 12 and then you get an answer, right? And you come... Just, I think, somewhere over 6,000 or so. And then you take that amount and then you divide and you look for the 40 to 60% of that income, which comes around about somewhere here between 3,000 or so, which is the income of many, many people in Namibia, right? And that, that, that 3 or so thousand is the relative poverty. And that poverty means that while you are able to meet certain needs, you can't go to a restaurant and enjoy a certain type of meal twice a week. You can't go on a holiday that a lot of people, other people go and enjoy holidays. That, the, that they call is relative poverty. So we all have poverty at different areas, right? And, and there is a thinking from there that must be changed so that you step into a different, so that you can grow into a different place. Are you, are you all with me? Okay? So, there is a foundation to the prison, a mindset that must be removed, removed from us. Okay? That creates an unseen barrier. Let's go to Mark chapter 10 and 46. And so when the Lord was working with me, He trained. Now, now, this is where you must appreciate difficulties. Because difficulties is the right environment for you to change your thinking. Right? 
because difficulties make the deepest thought appear the deepest way you think about money appear the deepest way you think about the future and yourself appear this is why when god brought israel out of egypt where's the first place they go to the wilderness and what do you see they are really complainers because they complained all the time while they were in egypt because deep down inside there is a groan a murmuring it's there that the bitterness and the pain and the struggle has been is has been put into their hearts so he takes him to the wilderness why so that the bitterness can surface so that the deepest thoughts of how you think about yourself can surface how you think about money and so on and then they would when they in the situation then they would say oh that we would go back to egypt there where we enjoyed the flesh pots ah, i know it was tough but it was better than now because suffering and then what would god do god would teach speak teach them how to live in a certain way because he wants he wants them to get that egypt out of them right and this is where you must look at your sufferings differently look at your difficulties differently so that you can now develop a different way of thinking because it is the best place to deal with foundations there must be an earthquake a shaking right a a surfacing of those things that deep down are in our minds okay and and that's why so for example uh other you know people sometimes come into more in 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 working with people then sometimes people have more than what they used to have but they have a fear of going back to the days where they had nothing and so that fear arises when the difficulties come then you are afraid of going back to the days where we had nothing right but it is the perfect place where god can teach you a new way so that you break down the fear of going back right are you all with me are you all with me so many times people who come from places of poverty they are more the the reason they work so hard is because they running away from their past exam nooit terug gaan i'll never go back i refuse and the reason you work here is because you are running away from your past but you must not run away from your past you must let the future call you this is why the bible talks about vision where there's no vision people perish right the vision is seeing the future right and when you see the future then 
you let the future call you to it. So now you're not running away from the past, you're moving to the future. Right? And the future is saying to you, come. Calling you. Now you talk like, I'm going to go to the nations. You see, it's a different way of thinking. Right? And this is the way God works. God declares the end from the beginning. So before you begin, know the end. Right? So that your activity is based upon the end. So in the week I was, I worked with um, a couple and we were working out their, their, their vision and mission statement. So I started asking questions to find out. And, uh, and then when we come to the mission or the purpose statement, then we would say, okay, um, we, through the questions we, we came to certain keywords. I said, write down now your five keywords. So they wrote down the five keywords. Then I said, out of that five keywords, because the five keywords came from what problem do you feel you are solving? What need do you feel you are meeting? What makes you different from somebody else? What, you know, these type of questions. What do you feel is your purpose? What is your skills? What is your abilities that you feel you have that others don't have? Write down. Came at, we got it. Now I said, out of the five words, write down your mission statement. But they, they, at first they were like, they were like going to four lines. I said, no, that's too big. You know, for example, for, and I gave an example. I said, you know what? I'm going to start a, um, a beautiful gate apostolic table. And let me give you my purpose statement. Resourcing the next generation of leaders for a new mantle of leadership. When you listen to that, you say, oh, I know why this table is here. If, some, if you got somebody in the lift and they said, why does... Why, do you, why does your company exist? Then in one minute or in a couple of seconds, just that purpose statement should tell them why you exist. It means you are clear about your purpose. And you are clear about where you, where you are going. Right? Now, when you are clear about where you are going, then what happens is, is that there's clarity. Now, the future calls you. And you no longer run away from your past. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, he that puts his hand to the plow and looks is not fit for the kingdom of God. One thing you cannot do is you must not look back to the problems and the issues and where you came from. He said, no, you must look forward. You see, it's a way of thinking. God comes to Joseph and what does God do with Joseph? At the age of 17, he gives him a dream. In the dream, it's all about his brothers are bowing to him. Does he see the future? That's the future. But seeing the future as vision is not necessarily purpose. Because purpose is what you are doing and why you're doing it. Right? And vision is simply the picture of where you are going in the future. So, 
when his brothers come to him and his father Jacob dies, his brothers come to him and say, Hey, Joseph, you know what? Um, they were scared that Joseph was going to kill them because they sold him as a slave. So they were afraid. So they, they made some uh, story up. And what did Joseph say? He said, Don't worry. Don't worry. God sent me ahead of you. You thought to do evil to me. But God sent me ahead so that I may preserve his family. Purpose. The purpose was not to have your brothers bow to you. That was just a picture of the future. But the purpose there is preserve my family. Totally different, right? So, there is a way that you must develop and think and suffering and difficulties help you to break down that old way of thinking. That's why you will find that many times in the Bible when the people before they went to a new level, a new place in God, it was accompanied with difficulties beforehand. Because in that God was, because when there is difficult, when, when there is heat, you are, we, can, we can mold you. We can shape you. But you know, if you're still as hard as an iron, who can work with you? Right? But God has to turn up the heat so we can bend you a little bit. So we can mold you, shape you into the person that you must be. So you begin to appreciate your difficulties because your difficulties help to shake the things inside of you. And that's when, when, you, are, when you are pressed, that's when you start talking about, hey, it's unfair. You know why? Because that's how you always felt about life. You always felt life was unfair. Oh, other people always get the opportunity. That's how you felt Lang voor die bediere het gekom het. Are you all with me? Okay. So, Mark chapter 10 verse 46. Now they came to Jericho and as they went out of Jericho with his disciples, a great multitude blind and blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. What is the definitions for poverty? A beggar. But why is he begging? Go back to verse 46. Because he is blind. And though it was physical blindness, we can also take it as a spiritual blindness. When there is a mental blindness, a darkness in your understanding, you, you are blind. And it, it is the reason why you beg, it's the reason why you talk in a certain way, behave in a certain way. Okay? So blindness, and the blindness... Did what to him? Caused him to sit. There's no momentum. There's no movement. You sit. You sat. You stuck. You're not moving. Lord, my life is not moving forward. Lord, I'm stuck in this place for how long? How long? Earning this salary... Of seven, I've been there for how many years? Lord, bring me through. Take me. 
Right? I remember one time when I, when I said to the Lord, Lord, I'm, you know, I'm a little bit tired of my, my income. I would like it to increase. So I said, Lord, what must I do? One of the things he said to me, increase your tithe. Okay? Don't do that. Don't do that. Okay? No, I'm serious. Don't do that. Okay? There is no teaching for that in the Bible. But it was what he led me to do. It was a personal step of faith. So I increased my tithe. And then he said, start giving more. Uh, start give, adding an offering to it. Well, that's how the Lord spoke to me. And I, I, I don't come to the church and say, hey, my friend, it's time you increase my salary. The facilitators will know. We don't have those conversations. We don't have conversations about my salary is too small, guys. Come on. I can't keep living on this salary that the church is paying me. It's been now for back in the days. You know? Uh, there's no salary increase. But I increase. Because I have a conversation with the Lord about certain things. And so, many times we feel our life is stuck. We sat the blind, the blindness that came from poverty that has now caused your life to be stuck in a certain place. Life is just not moving forward. Okay? Give me the next verse. verse, verse um, and then it caused him to beg. It, it basically means his needs are not being met. Okay? And verse 47, And when he heard that, he, that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. Give me verse 50. I want to show you some. Give me verse 50. It says, And throwing aside his garment, he arose, he rose and came to Jesus. Right? The, the blindness the, from the understanding that you have that comes from poverty that is built into your mind. It, it, is, what, it is what clothes you. Because the garment physically is what people could see. When they looked at him, they saw his garment and the garment told them something about him. Right? Now, the Bible says in the book of Colossians chapter 3, it says, put on the new man, love, kindness, be ye clothed with humility. So there's a clothing that you can dress yourself in that is not physical, but it is spiritual, but it is a clothing. And when you are clothed in it, people can see. People can see, right? People can see you are afraid. People can see you are worrying. You can say, But they know. They can see it. That's true. Poverty makes you feel inferior. Less than other people. And when you come to those who are better off than you, what do you do? You, inside you, you go down. You know, because the worth that you feel, there's, no, there's nothing that makes you feel worthy of worth, of value, so that you lift your head, so that you look someone eye to eye. I'm a man, I'm a, you're a man, we are both humans, you are not better than me, and so on. But poverty makes you feel less than. 
And so when you're in an environment, you behave a certain way, even if you act macho, we can see. The garment, the clothing, right? That is because of the understanding that is darkened by poverty. Are you with me? Okay? You can say, no, I'm trusting the Lord, but we can see you, Zula. We can see it. Why? Because it is the way that you dress yourself. Right? But what, what did blind bottomies have to do? Cast off the garment. You see, how do you cast? You have to begin to change the mind. It is how you identify, how you see yourself. It's the image that you have on the inside of yourself. It is the formation that took place on the inside. This is who I am. And unless you change, right? Um, poverty can also make you a person that doesn't have confidence. And so we can see a lack of confidence. Right? But as you change internally, we see a different person. You are always, you know, um, just so timid and pushed around and so on. You know, I was saying to Smiley, I always saw how you were like, you know, people come around you and then you're like, yeah. But all of a sudden I see something different. You've changed your garments. Hey, you're transforming on the inside. Something's happening. You're, you're looking strong. You're looking stable. Not easily pushed around. And some of the people are uh, nodding their head because, you understand, that is casting away your garments. When are you going to change your clothes? That internal. When are you going to cast it away? But the only way you can cast it away is if you deal with your understanding. Because your understanding is what clothes. And, and, and I know that, you know, when we, when we get into these type of things, that, that's why many times the people are stuck. Because... Especially when people who have battled with poverty on different stages for years, they are stuck to try to get them out of there. Unless, that's why this session is important. It is for you to understand, you don't need me to cast out a demon. You need a renovation of your mind. Appreciate knowledge. Appreciate it. Value it. Right? Because, let, let's go to verses 51. And Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, Rabboni, that I may receive sight. Ask for sight. Ask for knowledge. Ask for wisdom. Ask for information that breaks me for you. Ask for revelation. Ask. Ask. 
Because the material follows the information that you have. Right? Remember I said to you, when God came to Solomon's house, what do you want? He said, I want wisdom. He said, okay, I give you also silver and gold. Why? Because the wisdom brings the silver and the gold. Do you, do you see that? So that's why he says, seek for wisdom more than silver or gold. Because these things follow wisdom. Ask for sight. Ask to see. Ask for your blindness to be removed. Ask that the, the mindset of poverty may be dealt with. But when we have certain trainings, people don't rock up. Why? Because we are not interested in learning. Do you, do you, do you see that? Ask for knowledge. That makes a difference. Tell the person next to you, throw away your garment. It's time to throw it away. It's time to get rid of it. You know, marginalized. Word marginalized. Feeling insignificant. There you feel like your life is never going to be significant. Cast away that garment. Throw it away. Because what you really believe about yourself is how your life will exist. Right? So, let's go to Mark chapter 1 verse 15. And this is where I'm going to start closing off. So there is now a word that you must begin to appreciate. Which many times we hate. And saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. You must love the word repent. You must appreciate it. Because that word repent is a Greek word metanoia. Right? But that word together means to think differently. It means to reconsider. Right? Reconsider. Think differently. But putting the words together, meta means behind. Right? And then noia, that word, it means to exercise the mind into something. So, to repent, it means you must reconsider the way that you have exercised your mind in things that are behind you. And you must unlearn it, change it, right? So that because where you are going to, it requires a different way of living. A different way of attitude and behavior. So he's saying the kingdom of God is here, right? And where you are currently in, you want to experience the kingdom, the dominion life, the place where things are under your feet, right? He says, but to live in it, you must repent. Because the way that you think 
will not make it work in the kingdom. You need to change the way. Think according to the way of the kingdom of God so that you can experience the kingdom. It is here. You can have it now. Right? It's a different way of thinking. If you're going to break free from poverty, you have to change the way you think. You have to change. You have to analyze yourself. You have to make an audit upon yourself. The way that you think. That's why I say in house church, we're going to come together and you're going you're gonna to search yourself in the week. How do I think? Am I still talking like that person that came from there? I can no longer think. What do I really believe about myself? What is the deepest thought? That I have, I will never amount to anything. What is the deepest thought that you have? That I am actually a nobody. What is the deepest thought? That I will always remain poor. I will always lack in my life. After having it for how many years, it becomes the way that you think. Jesus comes to the pool of Bethesda and there's a lame man lying there on a bed for 38 years. And Jesus comes to say, do you, do you want to be made whole? What does he do? He doesn't say yes. He talks about, he complains about, Lord, I have no one that can throw me in. Because when the angel come and stir the waters, other people jump in before me. Look at me, I'm like this. I say to you, hey, your life can change. How can it change? I've been like this for 10 years. Where will my life ever change? It's unfair. Everybody else gets the opportunity. No, nothing comes to me. The deepest thought that you have, repent. Change the way that you think. But the difficulty that you experience is the right environment for breaking it. For changing it. For establishing the right way of thinking. Repent. Otherwise you will never experience a life that will shift. Right? The shift is in, that must take place is in your mind. That's where the shift must take place. Scafe your denker. Right? Earthquake. Plates moving. Right? Things that have been there for years. Do you know why we hate the word repentance? Because repentance confronts what you are struggling with. Don't tell me what I'm struggling with because if I acknowledge it, I must repent. But if you want out, if you want to break those barriers, you need to shift your mind. You need to shift the plates. You need to allow the earthquake. You need to say, thank God for what I'm going through. Yeah, that's what I did. I tell you, 2016, November, the toughest year of my life in Christ. I say it's, it's been in Christ, it's been worse than when I wasn't in Him. 2016, the toughest year of my life. Financially is difficult. Emotionally is difficult. Relationally is difficult. Man, uh, chest pains and sleepless nights, anxieties and uh, chaos. Right? That morning, I was invited to speak in Okahanya, youth camp. That morning, when I had to leave Ekame for a while, my wife and I, we crying because of the difficulties. First time. 
I didn't want to leave. She said, no, I think you must just go. You. They asked you and you said, yes, just go. There wasn't a lot to leave at home for them to eat. Get in that car. I'm driving. The whole way, I, as God is my witness, from Balfus, just before Okaanya, I wept the whole way. I stopped crying before I got to Okaanya because I can't rock up with red eyes. Just now they think I was drinking. <laughs> I wept. But you know what I did? I knew how tough it was. But I chose to glorify God. I said, God, I know it's difficult. I know you haven't failed me. I don't know why it's like this. But I will continue to bless your name. I will continue to praise you. Because you are worthy of it. Worthy of it. Right? I'm in Okanya. I'm preaching. I'm bleeding inside. Right? Appreciate it. Because that is how God loosed me. It wasn't very nice. But he loosed me. From things that were deep-seated inside. That surfaced emotions and so on. Right? Appreciate repentance. Right? Why? You have to think differently. You worry about tomorrow? Jesus said, don't worry. You say, how are we going to take care? Jesus said, I'll take care of you. You see, it's a different way of thinking. Repent. Right? You must appreciate, brothers and sisters, family, we need to repent. Wherever you find yourself in your life, allow God to do this one thing. Speak truth to my heart. It's become my saying. Because in my, in my pain, I said to him, just tell me. Don't waste time. Just, if you have to rebuke me, rebuke me. But just tell me what's wrong. Speak truth to me. Tell me. I want to know. And sure, surely he did. I may like a pakkig here. Oh, but it was like words of comfort. It was like words from a father. It was the sign that he loved me. Because a father who loves his children disciplines them, corrects them. Those fathers who don't look after their children are not interested if they're going in the wrong way. But it was love. Allow the father to love you. To show his love to you. And say, Lord, I open my heart. Tell me. You know why it's important? Because you know that there are some things you don't want God to speak to. Because if he speaks, I might have to change. And when we don't want to change, we don't want to hear. I know. I did it. Sometimes you don't want to hear, I must forgive that person. Right? You don't, you don't want to hear those things. So, we're going to have communion.
and give you an opportunity to talk with your maker. Right? And those who hand out the communion, just come forward. We'll just send it out there. Let's stand. Joshua, if you can play for us some music. Open your heart and allow God to speak to you. Remember, we are on the area of poverty. I can tell you sometimes that your financial lack is because of somebody that you don't want to forgive. From personal experience, I have experienced that. Sometimes I have learned over the years that when I change, when the shift is here, the shift happens physically. I, I tell you, from experience, that day in Cape Town in that room, when I said, Lord, I'm tired of sleepless nights. I want truth. And if you have to rebuke me, do it. But just tell me. Speak truth to my heart. I open up. That day, when the shift happened here, I came back from Cape Town a different person. It was from that day forward that things, that barriers were broken. And I started to move forward. Forward. Close your eyes and talk with your maker. Jesus. I know the Lord is speaking. I can sense it. The Holy Spirit is here to minister to you. Have an honest conversation. An open and honest. A naked conversation. Something must happen inside of you. Father, we want your love. As a father, love us this morning. Speak truth, Lord. 